Welcome to the Cure Church Lee Summit Podcast. Here at the Cure Church, we believe Jesus is the cure for whatever you may be going through. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, we pray this week's message encourages you. Somebody give God some praise in the house this morning. Amen. Come on. Come on. We know what we're here for. We're here for Jesus Christ. And nothing else, amen? Uh, yeah, if you could, stand your feet with me. Stand your feet with me. Because we want to honor and reverence this moment with God right now. Jesus, you are so good. You know, I just kept hearing this uh, as we were sitting there. You know, um, I love worship. And one of these worship songs, and I'm not going to attempt to sing it, but it says, fill me up until I overflow. And I, we need God to fill us up this morning, amen. I don't know what you've got going on in life, where you've been, but I know that the Lord needs to fill every one of us up this morning. Lift every hands in this place. Father, fill us up until we're overflowing, God. Fill us up, Lord. Lord, we don't want to be full of the things of this world. We don't want to be full of our own ideas and our own theology. We want to be full of the presence of the living God this morning. So, Father, we just pray, Lord, that this morning you would have your way. We pray that the sweet aroma of our worship and praise would go before you as an offering. Father, we just pray that you would begin to fill this place. As you fill us up, also fill this house up with your presence and your glory and your power and your spirit, God. Father in heaven, we just want more of you. We're just desperate this morning, God. We're just hungry, Father, for more of what you have for us, God. Lord, let us never, ever, ever get satisfied. Let us never get full, Father, not leaving room for what you want to do inside of us, God. Father, I pray that you would anoint the hearts and the lives of your people, the ears, God, of your people. Lord, let our attention and our focus, like my wife said, let us be engaged on you this morning, God. And Father, I pray that by your grace and mercy, you allow me, God, to speak your word, Father, with boldness and passion, God. We just pray you would have your way, Father. We make a declaration. None of us are leaving the same way we came in. None of us are walking out of here the same way we walked in. We're going to walk out fulfilled this morning, God. We're going to walk out knowing, Lord Father, that you're stretching our faith like never before, God. We love you and we thank you this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, somebody. Give God praise right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, go ahead and find your seat this morning. Like Pastor Jose said, we are starting a new series on faith. Um, and I was so stirred up. In this, amen, and what my apostle, my pastor came and preached last week, amen, and I, and I thought, this is God, I was going to preach a whole different thing, and God put me on this, and, you know, the truth is it's faith, and we feel like, man, you know, faith, of course, faith, we're Christians, faith, 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 but do you know you can be saved and not have a lot of it? You have some of it, because the Bible says each one of us has been given a measure of faith, but it takes great faith at times to do great things, Right? And I begin to study on faith. And, you know, something that stood out to me is I'm, I'm looking at faith and I'm looking at the Old Testament and New Testament. You know, and, and do you know that the word faith is only available twice in the Old Testament? And one of those mentions in the book of Habakkuk talks about how you don't have none. So it's not a lot. But then when you get into the New Testament, depending on what translation you use, it shows up over 230 times, the word faith. Faith has always been and always will be the requirement. It is the prerequisite for our salvation and for our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Listen, none of you are having coffee with Jesus tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. at Starbucks. In the flesh. Sorry. Something like, dang it, man. But it's our faith 
that believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? So the need of faith in our lives is so important, listen to me this morning, that the word of the living God says it's not hard, it's not difficult, it says it is impossible without faith to please God. Are you hearing that this morning? It's not hard, it's not difficult, and I'm really trying to no, know it's impossible that if you don't have faith to please the God we serve, and there's a reason for that. Apart from faith, you can't even be in a relationship with God. So why is it, so, why is it impossible for me to please God without faith? Because without it, you don't know God. Without, listen, without faith, you're not in a relationship with him. Apart from faith, you will never be who God has called you to be. And I'll tell you why. Because without faith, you'll never take steps of faith. Come on, somebody. Without it, you'll never go into what God has for you. Without faith, I will never take steps of faith. And as believers, that's our life. As Christians, that's what we do in the daily. We daily take steps of faith. It may be one step, two steps. You may be running up the third floor. But we're daily taking steps of faith. Believing God that the best is yet to come. I'm taking steps because I'm believing God that promise is coming. I'm taking steps because I believe my children will be saved. I'm taking steps because I'm believing that God is going to do what he said he'd do. Amen? Faith is what causes us to believe first and foremost that there is a God. We, there is faith that I can open up my Bible and have faith and believe that this is inspired by God. Come on, hear me this morning. But once you have the faith to believe, then we're able to actually see God at work. We're able to see God in his manifestation and every single thing that he has created. Nothing just appeared. It, listen, literally, it takes more faith to believe that everything in this world appeared out of a single atom. That's nonsense. But we believe that everything we do see was creatively and intelligently designed. Amen. We believe that God created everything. And when we begin to believe in God, we'll take a step and say, wait, I see God. I see God in his artwork. I see God in his creativity. I see God moving in this area. We begin to see God, but it first takes faith. See, we see it in the sun and we see it in the moon. We see it in the sky and we see it in the sea. But most importantly, we see it in you. We see God is alive and God is real. And what? A changed life. Listen, our lives are proof that God is real. How God can take someone like me, someone like you. We were wretched. We were messed up. Come on, but God said, listen, even in your wretchedness, even in how messed up you are, I can take your life and make something out of it. Listen, I don't know about you, but I thought things I shouldn't be thinking. I did things I shouldn't be doing. I went places I shouldn't be going. But in that, God says, I want to save you. I want to transform you. I want to make you a new man. And that can only be God. I am not that good and neither are you to change my life. I needed God to be God. The greatest proof of existence of God is our lives, church. To being who I was, to being saved, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. It can only be God. It was faith and faith alone. That caused me to believe that my life could be different. That my life actually could change. Lack of faith would have kept me the way I've been. It would have kept me that way for the rest of my life. I would have stayed that way. But it was faith that caused me to believe that I could be married. 
Come on, not just married, amen, but stay married. Hallelujah. Come on, it was faith to believe that I could be a good father. It was faith to believe that I could pastor church one day. It was faith to believe, me believe I could make disciples. We all need faith in this place this morning. Can somebody say amen? amen? Last week, my pastor came and he preached an amazing message. 14 people got saved last Sunday. Come on, and rededicated their life to Jesus. It was amazing. And you can see it, amen, in the, in the years and the wisdom and his heart and his desire for God coming out. I mean, he didn't have notes. He had scriptures, and he just shared his heart, and it was amazing. But he preached, and what stood out to me in particular, and he preached a lot, uh, but he, he, he brought up Hebrews chapter 10. And if you weren't here last week, I'm going to give you kind of a reiteration of what Hebrews 10 is. I'm not going to preach this message, but I'm going to tell you what was in that chapter so you can see where I'm going. Amen? So Hebrews if you don't know, this is a book in the New Testament. Most people credit it to the writing of Paul, uh, but it's not clear. But in the 10th chapter of Hebrews, you see three different themes begin to jump up. From verses 1 through 18, the theme is a sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And it's a sacrifice of Jesus Christ and negates the need for animal sacrifices in the Old Testament, which is under the law. And this was the normal practice. They sacrificed animals to atone for what they did. The issue was, those sacrifices never brought full sanctification. What it did, according to Hebrews chapter 10, it just basically reminded them of how messed up they really were. Every year they would have to come and begin to bring their offerings and animal sacrifices. It never made them feel good, according to the writer of Hebrews. What it did was say, listen, you're a sinner. You're messed up. You got to do this every year. It was almost like I, it's a pattern. I have to keep doing this because I'm so messed up. And it reminded them of how they must fall in and, and, and how short they've gone to get into God. And, and, and Jesus said, I need to come through my father to be a sacrifice once and for all. So he came and he said, the blood of Jesus alone, the sacrifice of Jesus alone is all that it takes. Amen. So from verses 19 to 25, the theme shifts and the theme begins to encourage the need of meeting together as believers. Not only meeting together, the Bible says meeting together more than we ever have before. Meaning that now is not the time to pull back. Now is not the time to say, man, I love technology. I don't ever have to go to church again. I'm doing watch on Facebook and YouTube. I'm about to cut it off. Because it makes it too easy to just not go to church. Oh, yeah, I, I watch online. No, 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 no. You're eating cereal in your pajamas. You weren't watching. You had it on your phone while you were watching Real Housewives or whoever. You were doing your own thing. Listen, there is never, ever, ever a substitute to being in the presence. Amen? If you need to do it because I'm not feeling well, this is going on, that's fine. But don't choose that as a primary. We need to be in the house of God. Amen? But the Bible says they begin to encourage one another, meet together more and more. Why? Because the day is ending. As the day approaches, we need to meet more and more and be together. Listen, he's encouraging the believers, don't stay home. Go to church. Meet together. Not when it's convenient. Not when it fits your schedule. Because why? We need to value the house of God once again. We need the fellowship. We need the community. Without it, we leave ourselves open to the old nature and the culture this world offers. And finally, from verse 26 to 39, it speaks of the cost of backsliding. The cost of turning away from God, turning away from the truth. And the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 26, it says, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received the knowledge of truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. What is it saying? It's saying to, to know the truth and then turn away 
and live in sin, it negates, it forfeits the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. So what does this do? It destroys the ideology that I can get saved, say a prayer, and then live however I want. It, it, it destroys that whole thought that I can live however I want to live, go to church if I want to, do this or do that. No, no, no. If we deliberately turn away from the truth, then we're losing the atonement. We're losing the sanctification. We're losing what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Not losing it, we're leaving it. That's a better word. So we don't earn salvation, right? We understand that? We, we can't work for salvation. I want to make this clear. But James, the brother of Jesus, did say this in James chapter 2, verse 14 in the Passion Translation. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, what's good is it for someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? How could this kind of faith save anyone? For example, if a brother or sister in the faith is poorly clothed and hungry and you leave them saying goodbye, I hope you stay warm and have plenty to eat, but you don't provide for them a coat or even a cup of soup, what good is your faith? Verse 17, so then faith that doesn't involve action is phony. We've heard of the translations, faith that our works is dead. So we're not saved by our works, but our works show that we're saved. Amen? So we don't ever want to be people who knew Jesus, experienced his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, all those good things, and then turn our back on the one who saved us and turn back to what we once were. We don't want to go that route, amen? If we do, the writer of Hebrews says there is no longer a sacrifice. There is no longer atonement for our sins. Now, toward the latter part of this chapter, actually the last verse of this chapter, in verse 39 it says, but we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. So I'm going to say it one more time. But we are not those. There's other people doing this, but that ain't us. We are not those who shrink back. Come on, when times get hard, listen, you find out who's tough, you find out who has fortitude because sometimes tough times will expose you for a weakling. So when we have tough times, we're not shrinking back. We're not destroyed, but we are those who have faith and preserve our souls. Now, listen, we, we know that this chapter didn't end. It continues in this letter, in the mind of the writer. He didn't have chapters. We all hear, we heard that last week. But it says in the first verse of the next chapter for our own looking and reading and studying, Hebrews 11, it says that now faith brings our hopes into reality. Amen? Come on, right there. That's reason to give God praise. And it says, and then it becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. The testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Amen? As we read this, the first thing is this. Our faith starts with believing in God's character. Come on, that's where it all begins. Our faith starts in believing God's character. What kind of character is that? That he is who he said he is. Our character is based on us being who we say we are. And it culminates with believing that every promise of God, meaning that not only is he who he says he is, he will also do what he says he'll do. Come on, that's the character, and that's where our faith is birthed, amen? He is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he'll do, all right? So now, the Bible says that now faith brings our hope into reality. Sometimes we can think of the word hope, and we can think of the terms of uncertainty, right? So we can say, like, I hope, 
I don't get sick. Or I hope it don't rain, right? When we say it like that, that brings out a term of uncertainty. Like we have no control over that, right? right? So the word hope in the Bible is not the word hope we use most times. I hope this happens, or I hope I don't get this, or I hope that, or I hope, and we, we, we say it not really believing or not knowing or having assurance of what we want will actually take place, right? But if you're a believer, hope is a desire based on assurance, right? It's based on what I know. My hope is in Jesus. My hope is based on assurance. It's based on confidence, and the assurance and confidence is based, again, on the character of God. Yeah. Now, stay with me for a minute. So here is what truth faith does, according to our text. It brings our hopes into reality. Yeah. <laughs> it brings our hopes into reality. And then, listen, if we can be honest in this morning, that's what we want. We want the things we're hoping for to come into reality. Yeah. We're not hoping, thinking it'll never happen. And, you know, that kind of thing where it does happen, we never expected it. That kind of thing about, you know, with Rhoda. Rhoda's praying for Peter. They're all praying for Peter. Peter shows up. He's like, hey, it's Peter. No, it ain't. (laughs) Come on, the very thing that we're hoping and believing for, they didn't ever expect to happen. But when we hope, when we pray, when we believe, it's with the expectation that I'm hoping in the God I serve who's able to split the Red Sea in two, who's able to heal the sick, who's able to do everything he wants to do. I'm believing in that God to bring forth what I'm hoping for into my reality. Okay, are you with me? Come on, this is going to be good this morning. It's bringing that forth. So it means that we're hoping for, we're believing for, let it come. Now listen, God gave me this analogy. It's almost like Amazon. Don't nobody know how to react. Should I say I like Amazon? I don't know. Shh, be quiet. Hey. We all use it. Come on. I, I had to get prime. Come on, man. Whatever you're looking for, you can get on Amazon. You need a new leg, go to Amazon. You want a pet shark, go to Amazon. It'll get it to you. I'm so surprised I'm ordering fur. I'm ordering everything. I'm just looking out the window to see how they, oh, man, they did it this way. Okay. okay. Man, FedEx came to deliver my Amazon package this time. It was too big for whatever, but <laughs> whatever you need. I was joking with my wife the other day. I was like, babe, I think if you need a heart transplant, we can get on Amazon. We can get anything on Amazon. I don't know how they do it. But anyway, listen, so here's the, here's the analogy. Oh, so here's the process. If you don't know, if you're not one of those Amazonians, because they have their own group of people now. So here's the process. You get on your device, your computer, whatever, and you literally just type in, what do you want? Yeah, she knows. And you get options, 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 right? And then, you know, for me, I'm reading reviews. Anyway, I, I don't, I, I'm not going that route. But you, you get on there and you find what you want, right? The next step, for any of you know, you do what? You add it to your cart. Yep. Here we go. You add it to your cart. Why? Because I ain't done shopping. <laughs> I'm, I got to go back and find some more stuff. So you stay here while I go look for more. All right? So you find what you want, you get it all in your cart. Now, I got everything I want, what do you do now? You purchase it. Now, for me, if I'm purchasing something, 
kind of like to have it. I'm putting faith in Amazon that when I purchase something, even though I don't have it immediately as I buy it, my expectation is that in two days I better have my stuff. I'll pay $119 a year for Prime. I better have my stuff. Come on, all right, here. So, so you purchase it, you don't have it, but you have the expectation that it's coming. What you don't see, hear me, is that there's a vast network of stuff going on. I mean, man, this thing's going here, there, woo, woo, just to get you. You think, oh, just there's going. No, no, no. There's workers. There's truckers. There's vehicles. There's sorters. There's accounting. There's all these things going on working behind the scenes to make sure you get what you ordered. Now, listen, they didn't make what you ordered the moment you ordered it. It was already there waiting to come to your reality. Now listen, when you pray and you're full of faith, what you're doing is you're saying, I'm putting this breakthrough in my cart. I'm putting this healing in my cart. I'm putting everything I'm believing for in my cart. Amen? I'm putting, I'm making sure it's ready. Hallelujah. And you put it in your cart and believing with expectation and the hope of assurance that what I got in my cart, it's on the way. It's coming, amen, that what I've been believing for will become a reality. This veil that is up here, it represents the barrier between the supernatural and the natural. Our faith brings the very things we're hoping for with full assurance out of the supernatural. What does that mean? Out of the unseen into the natural or the things I can see. And here's the thing. It's already there. What you're believing God for is already there. Your breakthrough's right there. Your miracle's right there. But do you have enough faith to translate it from the supernatural into the natural that I may obtain what God has for me? It is already there. God didn't just make it. It is already there waiting for you. God knows what you need before you need it. So he ain't just like, oh, hurry up, guys, get it together. Oh, we're missing a screw. Don't worry about it. Just put it together. He needs it. Anybody ever put together things with missing screws? I do it all the time. I'm like, nobody knows. I just hopefully they don't fall apart. It's already there. It's already been prepared and ain't missing no bolts or screws. Hallelujah. But what are we doing? How's our faith to bring forth what we're believing for? If you don't have it yet, what are we doing to bring forth what you're believing for? So what are you hoping for this morning? Maybe some of us are hoping for a healing. I've been, I've been hoping for it. I've been hoping for it. You guys can sit down. Don't worry about it. You're hoping for a healing. You know, you could be like, hey, well, I'm not sick of my body. Well, what about your heart? What, what about what's going on in your mind and things that no one else can see? Come on, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I, I've been, by the grace of God, never broke a bone. I ain't going to say the last time I've been to a doctor. You're going to shame me if I tell you, so I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Go to the doctor, what's wrong with you? I don't like going, amen, they're weird, hallelujah. If you're a doctor, God bless you. So maybe you're believing God for a healing. 
healing for your heart, your mind, your, your body, amen, healing for whatever, but you've been hoping for it, now you have to have the faith to translate, to bring it from the other side to where you need it. I don't need it over there. I need it right here. I know it's there, God, because that's the God I serve. You're a great physician. By your stripes, I am healed. I know that it's who you are, and I know it's in your character. So if I believe and know that your character is, that you are who you say you are, and you'll do what you say you'll do, I know that I can have this. I just have to have enough faith to bring it forward. Amen? So, so there's our healing. And you see, your healing's it's in a box. Why is it in a box? Because that's how your Amazon packages come. Don't look at me like that. What, what else are you believing for? Ooh. How about believing God? And you're like, what does that say? Don't judge my writing. It says restore. I got a good hair right, don't I? Pretty good. It's fancy. But maybe you're needing God to restore some things. Or repair some things. Come on, we believe in the God of restoration. Come on, God has restored me more times than I can count. God is a God of restoration. Now, what does restoration mean? Well, for me, I'm a car guy, and I believe that restoration can look like this, taking what something was making better than what it was before. Yeah. Ain't that amazing? I love cars, man, but I don't want it to be just like it was. Put some Dayton's on it. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Give me old school and put some digital dash in there. I'm going to juice it up. Yeah. Come, on. <laughs> Come on, man. Three-wheeling around. Oh, anyway, so praise God. So, so maybe you need God to restore your marriage. Maybe you need God to restore your family. Come on, maybe you need God to restore or repair that broken heart. Come on, we need God to restore some things. But here again, 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 it's there. The restoration is available if we have enough faith to believe it to come into the natural. Come on, so let, let's, let's go, let's go. Another box. Come on, hey, no porch pirates. Let me still in my breakthrough, amen? Ain't those the worst? But I just watch them on ring all the time. Porch fire, porch fire. Maybe you need a financial breakthrough. Calm down, Chris. Maybe you need a financial breakthrough. And listen, when I, when I say this, I'm not saying you just want to be rich. But you literally legitimately have, Lord, I need you to move in this situation. Well, listen, it takes faith. And you know what your faith looks like? Your faith looks like a tithe. I know, I know. Everybody got shut off. I'll have more later. Don't worry. We'll, we'll move on from this. But it does. My faith, my faith, if I want my blessing to come to the forefront, I understand that the Bible is God-inspired, God-breathed, inerrant. And if it says that you rob me in both your tithe and offering, some of y'all missed that. Oh, I just got a tithe. No, no, no. He said offering too. You robbed me to tithe an offering, but he says then, but if you would trust me, if you would try me now and this, see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing yes. you are unable to contain. Amen? Yes. So the truth is, I should have got a bigger box I couldn't hold because I know that God was to bring something that I can't even contain. I can't hold. But listen, my faith looks like this. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. God, I need a breakthrough. I need a blessing. So I'm going to show you that I trust you. Amen? I'll put dollar signs on it. That was me being creative. Amen. What are you believing for? What are you hoping for? Do some of us need some freedom? Yes. Come on. Do we need some freedom? Yes. I, I listen, 
You can be saved and still feel stuck. Come on, you can be saved and still feel like, man, I'm in a place I don't want to be. Huh? So we need freedom. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We believe that, amen, that when we walk into the presence of the spirit of God, we can have the freedom we've been hoping for, desiring for, needing in our life. Listen, man, there's, it's hard to serve God being in bondage. Maybe, listen, maybe you're, you need freedom from addictions. You need freedom from that alcohol. Come on, can we get real this morning? You need freedom because you're smoking. Come on, ain't no puffing prophets. <laughs> Sipping saints. Felicia, why are you laughing at me? Man? <laughs> ain't none of that. We, we Listen, we believe this is the temple of the living God. So I'm going to take care of my temple. I ain't setting my temple on fire. Come on, I'm not putting my temple in a flood. I'm going to take care of my temple. We need freedom, maybe freedom from the stuff that's on your computer or your phone. Freedom from those movies you watch. Come on, you thought it was just music? No. We watch stuff, man, and listen, you are what you eat. What we put inside of us will come out, amen? So maybe we need some freedom. We believe in God, amen, hoping for freedom. Come on, anybody else need a few more things? All right, well, I only got three more, so. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Come on. Uh, I believe in God. Lord, I want more power in my life. Not that I can walk around and say, hey, look how powerful I am. No, that I can live a life that pleases God. Amen? So what I need at times, I need to be powered up. Come on, to be able to live how God wants me to live. We need power. What are, you, are you believing God for power? Come on, and I'm not just talking about, man, I'm, I'm big, I'm, I've been in the gym, I'm looking, no, no, no. Spiritual power. The power, amen, that cannot be seen on the outside, but power that's on the inside. That's the power we need as believers, a part of the church, the body of Christ, the ecclesia. We need people who have power. Not the TV show. A peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace when it don't make sense to have peace in my life because I'm going through hell and back. But I desire and I hope for peace in my life. Come on. In a world we live in, wouldn't it be nice? Come on. In the, in the upheaval, the turmoil, the friction, that peace. Come on, I'm going to tell you something, man. There's nothing like having peace and you look out the world and the world is upside down. And where does that come from? The peace comes from me having faith in God that God is in control. Come on, you can't have peace if you think you got to do it yourself. You cannot have peace thinking, I have to fix this situation. I got to do this, amen. Listen, you can't do it alone. You need God and you need each other. But a peace begins to come and flood us when we understand that God, it don't look good. But I know who you are. I know the God I served. And listen, it did not look good for Moses. It didn't look good for Aaron and all these people when they came to the Red Sea. It didn't look good. But they had to believe that you were able to make a way where there seems to be no way. Come on, somebody. That God can do that. All right. Last one. 
What are you hoping for? Come on, what are you, what are you believing for? See, this last one represents what you need most, what you hope for most. And the truth is this, as I stand here, I can't tell you what you need. I can't tell you what you're hoping for. So you have to fill in a blank. I don't know, but you do. What do you need? What are you hoping for? What are you believing for? And do you believe that what you're hoping and believing for will come to pass? It will come, amen, to reality. It will come as a real thing. It will leave, come on now, it will leave the supernatural and come into the natural for your sake. What do you believe in God for? We had healing, restoration, finances, freedom, power, whatever, peace, whatever you need, whatever it is. Have faith this morning that it is being packaged and being prepared, come on somebody, to come from where it was to where it needs to be. If you believe that, give God praise this morning. Amen. Now watch this. It says, now faith brings our hopes into reality. Hebrews 11.1, 1, reading it again. But the second part of it says this, and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. So the writer of Hebrews is making this distinction. Whoo, it got hot in here all of a sudden. It makes a distinction that says, good catch. Just because it becomes a reality doesn't mean you have it. You still must have faith to acquire. So let me read it one more time. Now, faith brings our hope into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we've been longing for. All right? So what do you need to acquire? It's, it's right here. So right now, who, need, who needs a healing in their body? All right? So, so a bunch of y'all. So you don't have this box in your hand, right? To, to, like, it's there. It's outside of the supernatural, it's in the natural, but I haven't acquired it yet. Why? Because there's a little more. There's faith needed to create a foundation to receive it. Listen, kind of be, well, I'm going to be real. But the truth is this. A lot of times, the reason you don't get what God has for you is because you're not prepared for what God has for you. Lord, I want it, I want it, I want it. God knows if I bring it, it'll destroy you. I know people who want to be married so bad. Want to be married so bad. I want to be married. And they get married, and all hell breaks loose. Why? Because they were never prepared for what God has for them. Amen? They wanted it, they wanted it, they wanted it, but they never made the adjustments. They never made the sacrifice. They never allowed faith to be the foundation to hold what God was bringing to their life. So the reason, and God loves us. I'm, listen, my son, he's 16. He wants a car. Yeah, come on now. Bruh. Come on, yeah, look, you ask your 15-year-old, 16-year-old, yeah, I want a car, I want a car. All right. No. Why? Why, why won't you give your kid a car? First of all, I ain't got it like that. Second of all, he ain't ready for it. So as me being an earthly father, how much do you think our heavenly father will withhold what he knows may harm us for our sake? He'll get a car eventually. When? When he's ready for it. 
when he's prepared for it. But he listen, we don't get things we're not ready for. Come on, somebody. So what if he brought that man? What if he brought that woman? Do you have enough faith to be the godly husband you're called to be? The godly wife you're called to be? What if he gave you what you're believing for? Can you handle it? Can you handle being successful? I want to be, I want to be successful. I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a business owner. I want to do all this. But what if you get rich? See, when you didn't have a whole bunch, he kept you on your knees. When you didn't have a whole bunch, he kept you being faithful. God, I need a breakthrough. When you got it, come on now. I'm keeping real this morning. Come on, if you got what you wanted, would it make you stronger or pull you away? See, again, the writer of Hebrews says, faith is our foundation. And when you have the right foundation of faith, our faith can carry and bear the weight of the blessing. It will. It, it, it will bear the weight of our blessing. That's what a foundation's for. The higher the building, the deeper the foundation. Because the foundation has to hold and make sure. Look, we just got a basketball goal out there. And I'm thinking, and we love basketball around here. I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be easy. Put it together. And then I start looking at the videos of how you put it together. <laughs> so you know what I did naturally as a man? I hired somebody else to do it. <laughs> right. Come on, kids don't want to play in a basketball goal. It looks like this. I know my limits, amen? So I hired somebody, and I'm looking, and I'm like, you know, this thing is heavy. This, I mean, this is nice. It was heavy. We had one before. It kept falling over. I'm like, I don't want no more of that. I want to have a good one for our kids and everyone, and, you know, it's heavy. So he had to dig a three-foot-deep hole full of concrete to hold the goal up. Why? Because you have to have the right foundation to bear the weight. Of what God wants to do, amen. Not only that, not only the blessing part of it. You, listen, you got to have a foundation to bear the weight of the blessings, the breakthrough that God wants to bring. Because if not, you'll mess it up. But it will also carry and bear the weight of those hard times, those struggles in our life. When things don't go our way. Come on, somebody. We need, we need the right foundation, right? So I begin to wonder, do any of our foundations have cracks in them? Do any of our faith foundations have cracks in them. You know what happens when you have a crack in your foundation? You have a home. We know that, you know what that religion means? It means this, that the elements from the outside were allowed to come on the inside. Come on, there are some things that were never supposed to be inside. Come on, I, I don't want to allow everything to come on the inside of me. Somebody with me. But when you have cracks in your foundations, you're allowing the outside elements to creep in. And no, listen, nobody wants to go in your basement, go in your garage, and it's full of water. Right? Especially if you've got a finished basement. Oh, it's a wrap. And here's the issue. When outside elements begin to come to the inside, you may not see it all at once, because maybe it's a slow leak. But you know what begins to happen? The outside elements begin to erode and destroy what it touches. Slowly but surely, cracks have been in my foundation, and they've been coming in. I didn't see it all at one time, but now I'm having bitterness. Now I'm offended. I find myself always angry, impatient. Come on, never showing grace to anyone else, but I want grace for me. What happened? 
happened? You had cracks in your foundation. And those cracks have been allowing things from the outside coming to the inside, and it's eroded your spiritual health. Let the Lord show you where are there cracks in my foundation, Lord. Why? Because I need the Holy Spirit to seal those things up, amen? So that I may have the right foundation that can hold whatever you desire to do in me, through me, with me, and for me. Is somebody hearing me this morning? So I'm, I'm going to finish this. And I'm going to read this in a few different translations as we close this morning. In the message, our first two verses of Hebrews chapter 11 says this. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. In the Amplified Version, it says this. Now, faith is the insurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact. Oh, I love that. Faith comprehends or understands as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Oh, that's good. For by his kind of faith, the amen, the men of old gained divine approval. And lastly, in the New King James Version, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. I read all that because I want you to understand what the writer of Hebrews is saying. These last few translations I read said that the faith of those who came before them, it did three things, depending on translation. It distinguished them. Meaning what? It set them apart. Our faith will set us apart. How we believe, how we function. Because listen, our life is lived a light different when we have faith in it. We'll do things like give radically. We'll do things like outreach. We'll do things like listening to the Holy Spirit to witness to that person. We'll do things like that. Our life is lived so much differently when we have faith in it. Amen? So it says it distinguished them, it approves them, and it gave them a good testimony. You want, you want to live a life for a good test? I'm not talking about coming on stage and testifying how I got this, I got that, but your life being a testimony. That happens, amen, by being led by faith. Listen, we need faith this morning, church. You know why? Because it's hard to live in an increasingly godless society when you don't have faith. It's harder, man, daily, daily, daily to live for God if you don't have faith in your life. It's going to take faith to raise your children. It's going to take faith not to listen to them saying, well, everyone else is doing it. It's going to take faith to believe that I know what I'm doing to train your children up in the way they should go, that when they get older, they will not depart from it. It's going to take faith. That when they're kicking and screaming against it, you have enough faith to believe, no, I know this is where God is leading our family. Come on. I don't want to go to church this morning. Well, who are you, kid? Get in the car. You act like you got a car. You act like you pay rent. Get in the car. Listen, you, you, you know how everyone has pet peeves. You want to give me a pet peeve? Come to me and say, and I ask you, where are your kids at? Oh, they don't want to come. What do you mean they don't want to come? Now, if you have adult kids, whatever, that's fine. Still, they should come. But if you have kids, they don't want to come? What? No, we bring our kids to church. They, you know, for me, I'm not speaking for nobody else, but for me, I want them to create a habit of them. This is where we are. This is what we do. All right? It's going to take faith for all of us to go to work. Not just go to work, but to go to work and be a light. It's going to take faith 
for you teenagers to go to school and be a light. It's going to take faith that when everyone around you is trying to shame you for what you believe, that you live unashamed. That regardless, I don't care. I don't care what other people are saying, what other people are doing. I know the word of God. I know that I live like this. Come on. We don't, we don't need more people bowing down to the coach. We need more Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who will stand when everyone else is bowing down. Can somebody say amen? And that's just not for your kids. That's for you. When you go to work and you blend in instead of standing out, that's for us. It, but it takes faith. It's going to take faith to stand up for what you believe in. When your friends and your family think you have lost your mind. Come on, listen. If, you, if you're newly saved, they'll think, what is wrong with them? What did they say? I think they said yabba dabba do. I have no idea what they are doing or saying. This is weird. But can you still live for God when no one else understands why? When everyone else is trying to pull you back to where you work and you still live for God? If you say, yeah, you know what that means? That means you have faith enough to believe that I can, that I can. That's faith. So our simple prayer has to be this, this morning. And it has to be this daily. That when we wake up, we say these words. Along, I hope you have a prayer life. You should pray. Don't just pray this and like, oh, that's a done. No, you should have a prayer life. You should read your Bible every day. You should worship God every day, not just on Sundays. You should have that. But to add to your daily prayer, you need to say these words. You need to say, Lord, increase my faith. You've given me a measure of it. I need more of it. Lord, increase my faith. I know you've given me a little. I want a lot because I want to live for you. And I want to go to work today and be a light. I want to go to school today and be set apart. I, I want to I'll go before my family. Come on, Thanksgiving is coming. I want to go before my family, and I want to stand up for my convictions. Yeah, right. uh, listen, I want to be the one who volunteers to pray for the food and do an altar call. Yeah. They might not invite me back, but I'm going to get them. <laughs> it takes faith, church. Come on, why don't you stand on your feet with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. God, you were good. If you're here this morning, our first and ever step of faith is simply this. The faith to believe that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, that Jesus Christ did die for my sins, that he rose from the dead on the third day, defeating death, hell, and a grave, and becoming my substitute, the sacrifice that his blood washes and makes me clean. It atones for my sin. It sanctifies me. To have faith that, Lord, I can never in my life do enough to earn grace, to earn salvation, but that it only comes from you. The Bible says in John 14, 6, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by him. He is our bridge. He is our bridge to go from where we are to where I hope every one of us desires to be in heaven one day. If you're here this morning and you're not born again, you're not a believer, you're not saved, you know, you, you, you believe there is a God, but you're not serving God. Knowing God and knowing of God is very two different things. But this morning, I'm declaring that Jesus loves you. He proved it by stretching out those arms, going on that cross and dying for our sins when the Bible says at any time he could have been out of there, but he stayed, he remained for our sake. He loves you this morning and he loves you tomorrow morning and the next morning 
He will love you always. But if you're here and you say, man, I'm not saved, I'm not born again, but I believe that Jesus took all my sins and paid my debt that I might have salvation. That I want to be forgiven of those sins. I want to be whole. I want to be cleansed. I I don't have to worry about, you know, a, a yearly atonement, a yearly sacrifice like we talked about, but Jesus said, I will come and I will make you, I will throw your sins as far as east is to the west. I will throw them into the sea called forgiveness, meaning that when I forgive you, I'm not going to bring it up all the time. See, as people, we like to bring each other's faults back up over and over again. But Jesus said, I never will. Once they're forgiven, they're forgiven. So if you're here and you say, Pastor, that's me, I, I want to experience the grace of forgiveness. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want you to do something for me, something simple, because Jesus did all the hard work. So for us, it's easy. But if that's you and say, I need that. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want you to lift up your hands. Say, Pastor, that's me. I need that. I, w- I see these hands. I see these hands. God bless you guys. Come on. Come on. Anyone else? Anyone else in this place? Come on. Jesus. Come on. He loves you with an everlasting love. You know what I prayed before? I said, Lord, I pray that none of us walk out of here the same way we walked in. This moment can make it possible for some of us to definitely walk out of here different than the way we came in. We can walk out of here washed, sanctified, and renewed. We can walk out of here getting what only Jesus can give us. I cannot do this on my own. I need you, Lord. So one more time, if that's you, just lift up a hand. I want to pray for you guys this morning. I see these hands back here. Come on, anyone else? Anyone else before we pray? I see that hand. God bless you. Young lady, God bless you. All right. So listen, what we're going to do is this. Before we pray that God will fill us all with faith like never before, I want to pray for you that lifted up your hands. If you lifted up your hands, I want you to make your way out of your seat, come to this altar, and I want to pray for you right now. Come on, you guys raise your hand. Come on up, come on up. Come on, look at this. Come on up. God bless you. Amen. God bless you guys this morning. Are you ready for this? You ready for this? Amen. You ready? All right. You ready for this? You guys ready for this? Are you up here too or are you just with your buddies? Okay, you're with them. So, Anthony, come up here. Listen, this is what faith does. Faith will cause you to be a witness, to share your faith, to believe God, that if God can save me, God can save anybody. Come on, there, there's no one and nothing too hard for God, amen? And I think about this. Louis gets on a basketball team. He has a game today at one. That's why they're all dressing in their uniforms and you guys have heard the testimony. We're in Springfield. I talked to Anthony. I'm witnessing to him, sharing you know, testimonies, sharing faith, and, you know, and believing God. That's not a coincidence. It's not an accident. God has a plan for your life. And, you know, he did something crazy. He believed it. He believed, yeah, you're right, man. God does have a plan there. You know, I don't believe in coincidence either. He said that. And now to look and to see that these people we had no relationship with prior and to see these two young men come with them there at the altar, to see their coach with them at the altar. Come on, man. What, what I'm saying is this, 
what I'm saying is this. Everywhere you go is your mission field. Everywhere you go, you have an opportunity. Don't just live life keeping your little precious gift of salvation and God to yourself when other people need it. This is what unashamed looks like. I ain't ashamed. I'm a pastor. I'm not ashamed to talk. Even when I wasn't a pastor. Because I wasn't. And I always witnessed. Share my faith. Invite people. Do whatever. This is what it looks like. And I'm not just putting it on them right now, but I'm, I'm doing it because I want to show you that I'm not just up here telling you. I'm living it. I want to be an example. Amen? So this is something we're all called to do. It's not special for the guy with the title. It's for every one of us. Amen? Amen. So listen. What I'm going to do is simple. Like I said, Jesus did all the hard work. He did the heavy lifting. I'm going to lead you guys into a prayer of salvation. All right? The only requirement is that you mean it and that what you pray, you pray with faith. Okay? If you do that, at the moment of the completion of this prayer, I, I can guarantee you that a few things are going to happen. Number one is this. You will be forgiven. You will be forgiven of every sin, everything you've ever done. Your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You will be accepted. You guys ready for that? All right, repeat this prayer after me. Mean it with all your heart, full of faith. Say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me in your precious blood. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again on the third day. And on that third day, you defeated death, hell, the grave, and my sin. Come into my heart. Make me a new creation. The old me has passed away. I am brand new. From this moment forward, I'm going to serve you. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit that I could be who you want me to be and do what you want me to do. In Jesus' name, I'm yours. Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody. Give God praise right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Pray for them. Pray for them up at this altar right now. Go ahead and pray for them. I'm going to talk to you guys that are in your seats. I think you guys get prayed for. Some of you came in needing some of these things. Needing the healing. Needing restoration in your life. Some of you came in needing a financial breakthrough. Freedom. Power. Peace. Or whatever else it was. If you need these things, if you're believing for something to come out of the supernatural into the natural, make your way to this altar right now. We're going to pray together, believing that those things are about to happen in Jesus' name. Come on, whatever it is, whatever it is. Amen. Thank you, Father. Come on, look at this. Johnny and Christina, it's coming. Look at me, both of you. It's coming. What you're hoping for, what you're believing for is coming. Don't lose faith. Keep believing, amen? Keep believing. Look at this. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Lift your hands all over this place right now. Hallelujah. We lift up our hands because we believe we're surrendering to the will and purpose of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I pray for every man, every woman at this altar right now, God, who's been believing and hoping and praying for things, God. It may be things that we'll never know of, God, something they keep close to their heart, something that they've been believing for, but God, we know that you are more than able. So, Father, this morning, God, we pray that everything we've been hoping for, everything we've been believing for, I hear this in the Spirit, some of you are believing for a baby, and then we're believing that what that will do is come out of the supernatural into the natural. Father, some are believing for healing in their body. Father, we pray let healing be manifest right now in the name of Jesus. Father, you said, God, by your stripes, God. We believe in your holy word, God. We pray healings. We even pray this. Whoever needs a healing, we pray let healing angels be loosed around them and minister to their bodies, to minister to their bodies, their backs, their hips, their legs, their neck. We pray for healing on the inside. We pray spiritual healing, God. Oh, I feel that. Some of us need spiritual healing. We pray let spiritual healing begin to take place right now. Healing over our hearts. Healing over our minds, God. Father, some need a financial breakthrough. We declare, God, that by our faithfulness of our tithe and offering, God, we pray that those open windows begin to manifest over our lives, over our families, God. Some of us need power from up on high. We pray give it in abundance right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Some of us need peace. We pray a peace right now that surpasses all understanding, God. A peace, Father, right now that can only come from you. Some of you need joy. Some of you need joy. The Bible says count it all joy when various trials come your way. Meaning that we don't have joy when everything goes our way. We have joy even when nothing goes our way. Because our joy is found in Christ and Christ alone. Father in heaven, we just pray that you would fill us all, God. Give us the desires of our heart, God. Father, we pray no weapon formed against us shall prosper, God. We pray restore, heal, give us breakthrough, Father. We pray in the name of Jesus, God, that everything, everything that we have been believing and hoping for as long as it aligns with you, will come out of the supernatural into the natural and that we can celebrate in the God we serve. Father, it's already there. Let our faith bring it forward. It's already been added to our carts. Faith, bring it forward. Lord, we have the hope of assurance and expectation that what we believe in for and praying for will come to pass. We thank you in advance, God, for those things are coming our way. We thank in advance, God, that there will be great testimonies of things coming our way. We believe it, and we say it is done. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church. You know what amen means? It means so be it. So we are believing God, so be it. What I've been believing for is mine. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm always, when I say I'm taking it, I'm always reminded of Caleb, at 85 years old taking my land. God said I can have it. I'm taking it. Come on. God wants peace. Take it. God wants you to have power. Take it. God wants you to be healed. Take it. Have the faith enough to take and receive and retrieve every single thing that God has for you. Amen. If you believe to give God praise one more time this morning. Come on. Hallelujah. Well, week one, faith in the books and we're believing that God's going to take it from greater to greater so you know what that means that means this and if you were blessed this morning invite somebody again don't keep what God is doing to yourself invite someone amen that God may do what he did in you in them hallelujah we love you guys God bless you have a great Sunday we are dismissed amen 
Thank you so much for listening to the Cure Church Lead Summit podcast. If you would like to partner with us, please visit our website at www.thecurechurchls.com and click the Give tab. We thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, Jesus is the cure.